Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Bring Out the Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Thompson, as always. And TV, Ty is here with us. Ty, what's up? Not much. Just hanging out on a Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. And it, was a, it was a nice Sunday. You didn't have to worry about the Chiefs, you know. And just kind of still basking in the, the glory of that 48-0 to Kansas State win over Oklahoma State. And Texas coming up next. We, we brought back the friends of the podcast, former Kansas State All-American Nick Leckie. Nick, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm really good. It's a good day. I didn't know. So was Oklahoma State just supposed to uh, run K-State over or something? Because even my mom texted me <laughs> and was like, do we have a chance? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course we do. Like, so that, I, I guess I missed the boat on that one where, where uh, people were writing K-State off. So screw you if you lost a bet by betting on Oakie State yesterday. <laughs> I hope you lost a lot. Everybody who knows you, Nick, should know that if they ask you if we have a chance, the answer is always yes. Exactly, but that's what, but but like like yesterday is case in point, right? Like you think that they're just going to come in and just just boat race us, and it's like that's not the case, man. It's like every week you have a shot. I don't care who you play for, oh, yeah. you have a shot. You always do, and that's the mentality you have to have, and that's the mentality you have as a player. But as fans, right? We sort of like think we think things go like one momentous way, and they don't. It's jagged. It's super mm-hmm. jagged. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know if you guys watched uh, Mike Gundy's post-game press conference, but I made sure to go back and watch it. And to his credit, he took a lot of responsibility for it. You know, he said, we, we tried some different things in preparation this week. And blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that he also said was, you know, and you can ask the case get coaches, but I think that they played as well as they possibly could have this week. What do you think? Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, I think you showed last week versus TCU what Will Howard could do. Like, he's the yeah. king of these sort of like long range three balls, is what they're like, you know, because they got a nice arc and they yeah. just go up and they go down and just smooth, soft touch <laughs> passing. And it was cool that Colin actually kind of recognized that from TCU and was like, okay, we're going to build some more routes like this. And the short yardage stuff, man, that was, I mean, because look, if you can convert a third and two, fourth and two, those are your two-point plays. Those are your goal line plays to win it. And they did it through the air. This is a different offense completely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's cool that they adapted. Kleiman and Klein adapted 
to Will Howard's strengths. It's a different game plan than Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I mean that short touchdown pass to Deuce Vaughn, where he made that diving catch. You know, that was <laughs> not yeah. awesome. We see a lot. So and and they converted a third and two earlier on that one too. That was really cool. That was so cool. I was like, this is just mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, converting in short yardage, it's nice to get out of that rut that yes. we've been in for the last year and a half where third and one, third and two, it's like, man, I'd almost rather have third and five or something so we feel like we have more space or something. Yeah. Well, that's why it was so refreshing for them when they got in those short yards to not just try to run the ball up the middle. It's like, I, I hate that play. It's like trench warfare <laughs> in World War One. It's dumb. I don't know why they do it. It's, it's not going to gain anything. Nobody wins. It's so stupid. And it's like, yeah, let's pass it. That's awesome. Everybody, you heard it here. The former All-American uh, NFL center says that he doesn't want you to run up the middle on third and one. Yes, I do. A, 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 a position that I happen to agree with, you know, like – I mean, look, if you have put on tape that you have tendencies to do anything but run up the middle on third and one, then maybe it's okay. Because, you know, if you can get the other team to react to something that you're doing and you can convert by running up the middle, great. But if that's all you do and it's just strength on strength and they know what you're doing, like, that's just, that's a recipe for disaster. So I'm with you there, Nick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, from that game, you know, so many different superlatives and records involved. I think my personal favorite was that it was the biggest margin of defeat for Mike Gundy in his career. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Well, you guys have any favorite superlatives and records from that game? Um, the shutout. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's, crazy. it's crazy to shut out a, a Big 12 opponent. It, it really is, man. And especially when it's as high, a top 10. Also, right. now don't get it twisted. Okie State dropped a lot of balls. Like they had a lot of things happen where they had a couple drop balls in like the red zone that could have been burners for touchdowns and falling down on routes. So just an unlucky day, everything kind of coming to a head for Okie State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of look at that and you're like, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, every single bit of it from the beginning to end was awesome. Um, but you know, sometimes you get those, and I think Nick, even more so with college games, you know, because the players are younger, you know, they're not professionals, that kind of thing. Like things go wrong early. They kind of snowball. And yeah, I mean, I went out and walked nine holes of golf because it was just too nice of a day to sit inside, but I had my earpiece (laughs) in and I was listening to Stan, Stan and Wyatt call the action. You didn't believe it. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 Holy no, shit, I no, no, you would not. Are you not a scheduled a tea time? No, no, I didn't, I didn't schedule a tea time. I just went, I just went out and just was like, Hey, is it open? They're like, yeah. And so I was like, all right. Hey, you, you can ask Richie. You can, you can ask Richie, man. No, I was, I recorded it. I listened to the whole first half uh, with Stan and Wyatt. And like, even on the radio, Stan in the middle of the second quarter, it's like, man, Oklahoma State needs to get to the dressing room because they look like they just want to go home. You know, like they they just look defeated and all that. And I mean, you know, I, I think it's cool that Will Howard, you know, threw four touchdown passes, tied the school record. You know, it's cool that he got carried off the field because, you know, rightly or wrongly, I mean, I, you know, I think it's unfair to pile on college kids, especially, but, you know, he's taken some lumps the last few years for, uh, you know, some poor performances. And, I mean, he's played really well two weeks in a row, you know, especially coming off the bench, you know, on a in a road environment at TCU and that kind of thing. So, 
I was glad that he got a moment. I hope that he has a few more moments the rest of this year because it looks like we may need him. Yeah. It would be interesting to see uh, how well, if he would have played poorly, if Adrian Martinez would have been full, would have been go. You know, that's the thing that, like, when you read between the lines as, like, a former player, you can kind of notice, like, okay, well, if Will would have sucked versus TCU, I think Adrian would have had to go. But it's kind of nice that Will did such a great job that's like, hey, Adrian, make sure you're 100%. And then I'm sure Clem's the kind of guy where you don't stick with a hot hand. You go, you don't lose your, your position through injury. And that's, like, kind of this gentleman's code amongst football players is that you get injured, then you get your job back which is why it was so tough with the Alex and Kaepernick thing back with the Niners, mm-hmm. you know, where Alex Smith got a concussion in cap and then he just rolled cap and he's really good, but yeah. So we'll see. It'll be a tough, it'll be tough next week or this week versus Texas to see who they yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough decision. I mean, another, I mean, the one that I think of is the, the Chargers Tyrod Taylor, where he was, you know, knocked out because of the team doctors <laughs> and then Justin Herbert became yeah. the starter. Punctured yeah. long. Punctured is long. Yeah. Goodness <laughs> yeah. gracious. He's just trying to get shot up to play the game and the doctor will puncture his lung. Like, God damn. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's yeah. a rough one. No, I mean, I, I like hearing that perspective, Nick, because, you know, I, I think that's really one of those things that those of us who, you know, have never played and never been in the locker room, just, you know, we, I, I wouldn't get how that interaction goes, you know? And I mean, like, I think it's great because now, you know, the coaching staff can look at this situation and be like, okay, you know, we'll bring Adrian Martinez back when he is 100% healthy, but not a minute before, because we want to, we're not going to put him out there at, you know, 80% because Will Howard's playing really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then if we get in a situation later in the year, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, it's any week at this point because we got to have pretty much all of them. But, you know, Will Howard's playing really well, but we know that we have Adrian Martinez. You know, if something happens to Will Howard or if Will Howard's not playing well or whatever, and it gives you that option if you want to, you know, if you're in a tight spot and, you, you know, maybe you need to pick up you know, three or four tough yards in a tough situation, you're not going to fear calling a running play for Will Howard, you know, A, because he can run the ball, but B, because, you know, if he takes a weird hit or something, you've got Adrian Martinez ready to go. <laughs> See, you go back to trench warfare. So it doesn't matter if he gets hurt. <laughs> you think like you're coached. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever, next man up, we got him. Put him in the meat grinder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, well, you know, I, I think honestly, I think the tone was set like the first drive when they were, or the second, I think second drive, fourth and 10 from the 30, and they went for the touchdown to Cade Warner. Mm-hmm. That, that was monstrous. Like, that was like just, just wreck everything that you know and thought about K State football. <laughs> I, and that's the relationship I saw last week versus TCU was that Cade Warner connection. You saw he's kind of like a Kelsey to Mahomes sort of concept. Like that's the outlet. That's the guy he feels comfortable with and he's yeah. going to catch it. Yeah. And I want to say, I mean, yeah. I think on this podcast, you know, we talk a lot about Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks, and I think we, we underestimate Cade Warner, you know, but that guy just knows how to get open and, and he's got great hands and really knows how to catch the ball. He's and he's a, a big body, athlete. big body, and he can run. He runs like he's got a big body, like he's confident in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say, yeah, I was uh, – when Howard threw that touchdown pass to Cade Warner against TCU, I was kind of in my head joking, oh, yeah, throw the fade to Cade Warner. And then I looked <laughs> him up, and I was like, well, he's 6'1", 215 or something. Like he's not – like you said, Nick, he is not a small guy. I just 
I, I don't know. I guess maybe I just saw him out on the field and I just, you know, he just doesn't necessarily look that big standing in the huddle. And I guess oh, I just, next to the O line, man. Yeah, you, you did a wrong comparison. You look at him next to the O line. No, what, what I always like to do, I always like to look at when they do, like, not like the game footage is high line, but when they're on like the field and they show them walking in between plays, I always compare like wide receivers and safeties and, and D backs and stuff like just to get a real right, size right. feel. Because, you know, 6'1", 215 looks different. It can look a, a lot of – you can be a skinny, you can be a thick, you can be muscular, right? You can be like a six-foot where they round up, you know? So it's like a lot right, of right, yeah. A, a, a five looks ten like where a they round up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, she I, looks I, good. I, Nick, I always have to laugh about that one because when we were in school, I was at the rec one day and Terrence Newman was there playing basketball. And I stood next to him and I was like, holy cow, I'm – as tall as Terrence Newman, you know? And, <laughs> and, and then, like, a few months later, they were interviewing him on, like, ESPN or something ahead of the draft. And they were like, tell us the truth, Terrence. How tall are you? And he I, he said he was, like, 6'1 or something. I was like, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> I just got you at the combine, man. They got your measurement, man. I was 6'02", 7'10". So, yeah, they, they, it's the real one. They make you turn your heels yeah. like a duck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean, going back to Will Howard, you know, what do you think has changed about him this season? Did we just underestimate the value of the experience that he's gotten? Or has he, you know, how has he grown so much and become this dynamic quarterback? I mean, Nick, I'd be curious to hear your perspective on it because, you know, I mean, I just, I did not expect anything like this from him. You know, we've seen him, I mean, what has he started, 10 games in his career? I mean, he's started a bunch of games in his career at this point. And there were times, even last year, when he still kind of had that deer-in-the-headlights look out there at times. And I just, I don't know. I mean, he has made so much progress over the last year. He really looks good out there this fall. You know, I, I think it's every year you play is that you gain a little bit more confidence. Like when you're first out there, you're sort of like, oh, no, what am I doing? You're sort of in, in survival mode. And then I think this year, you know, learning the system, Colin Klein kind of, and, you know, he was there with them, so he kind of knows what Will is capable of. And then it's kind of like figuring out and say, look, here's the game plan we're going to do for you. And then, like, here's how we're going to nurture you along this. And so you got a guy who's not that far removed from playing quarterback at college football with Colin and saying, okay, I know what you're struggling. I know what you're going through. Okay, what passes do you like? You know, it's getting input. It's a two-way street instead of saying, here's my offense, run it. This is square <laughs> peg, you know, put it in round peg, you know, type thing. You know, it's right. like – it's not how it works, man. So it's learning the system, being confident in that system, and then calling Klein for sort of gaming them, right? And saying, oh, here's what, oh, it's what I've seen you do this in practice. You can do this on the field. We're going to call on the field like that. And we're going to scheme stuff. You know, we're going to do a bunch of scheme mm -hmm. stuff. And just confidence, just straight confidence, because this is not the same person from last year. This is 100% not no. the same person no, from last year. No, it's not. I, honestly, like, honestly, now I can, I can say this too. I, I never thought I'd be really good after last year. Just, just with yeah, the I performance mean, that he had, it's just, it's, oh, it's not well, and That's an interesting point that you bring up about Klein and the system and everything, because I always thought that that was one of, you know, I mean, Bill Snyder obviously had a lot of things that he was pretty darn good at. But one of the things I was always impressed by was the fact that he would change his offensive approach so much based on his personnel from year to year. And I think that, you know, I, I, I assume that Klein, you know, picked that up, obviously, but you kind of saw that in Klein's progression as a quarterback, too, because, you know, there was that, game, the, you know, the great climbing of Texas when he came in and we threw, like, what, four passes the entire game and just blew Texas out of the water. 
And like you could tell they were not going to let him throw the ball. They were like, we are not going to throw the ball with this kid right now. And I remember interviewing him a few years later after he had graduated. And he described, he made an interesting comment about playing quarterback. He was like, you know, at first you kind of pick things up in bits and pieces, but then there's like this point where everything just clicks. It's like, you know, kind of like speaking a different language, you know, like you start out, you, you know, you can say this word and that word and maybe a few phrases and questions here and there, but then all of a sudden you're just like, you know, bam, I can speak it. You know, I, I wonder if that's kind of what we've seen with how Klein has brought Howard along here over the last year. I think it is. I think it is. And, and I think, and you can even go back and check the receipt. Uh, I did the, uh, the pregame show with Brian Smoller, the first one. And seeing what I saw last year and seeing everything that was in place is, and what we've talked about in preseason, this wide receiver is some of the deepest wide receivers that we've had in a long while. And for Will Howard to come in and unlock that and sort of get this momentum going, it's really cool. I mean, it's we got and, – and, and get this. Not only do we have this great wide receiver core to build on, but we have this fantastic backfield that barely kind of like didn't make a dent. Like, you know, we won through the air. Like, so now now you look at this K-State team if you're Texas and you're like, well, Jesus Christ, well, we can't, <laughs> we can't load the box and they'll pass on us. And then we can't let Deuce run it, you know? So it's like this crazy sort of like multidimensional threat where it's like, what are you going to stop? And our, our damn tight end fullback, Sonat, right? Sano or whatever, he's catching balls, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So it's like, I mean, who do you, Malik Knowles, Cade Warner, Phillip Brooks, Deuce out of the backfield? I mean, this is like modern day offense, man. <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> yeah. to see. I mean, it's not K-State. You know, you say yeah, they went fun. through the air, but you know, Deuce still ran for 160 yards. But it's just I mean, we come to expect that from him. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just another Saturday. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. when, when, yeah, when defenses have to play an honest box against Deuce, I mean, that is such a cheat code for us. You know, like if they can't load up, you know, and just key on Deuce, I mean, that's that is. If, if, if we have that going the rest of the year, I'm really feeling a lot better about things. Not that I felt bad before, but man. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, look, I, I will admit, I felt, like, I felt like Okie State was a pivot game for us. You know, it was, a, it was a win, and you still feel, you know, pretty good about your chances to at least get to Arlington. It was a lose, and you're like, man, it's going to be an uphill battle just to get there. Okay, so what's your thought process going forward the rest of the year? I mean, here's the thing, like, I look at that TCU game and I'm like, man, I am so pissed that we lost that game because I just, I watched that game and I was like, I felt like we were better than them. But, you know, Adrian gets hurt on the first drive. Will gets hurt in the first half after playing incredibly well. I just, I look at this and I'm like, there is no team in the Big 12 that we can't beat this year. I just, I so badly want to get to Arlington and get another shot at TCU because I, I think we will beat them if we see them again. That's one thing. I mean, Nick, obviously, as a player and as a coach, you never make excuses based on injuries. You're never going to come out and say that we lost because of injuries. But, man, it sure seems like those injuries happened and the game kind of changed. What it does. Your take on that? It, it, it really does. I mean, you could tell when Green got hurt on that tackle that you could tell that that defense was, was not really – they weren't communicating properly, right? They weren't getting things organized. It was tough. They were out of flow. And it just, you could tell that's when sort of the wheels fell off and just kind of slowly fell apart. And then once they had a week to prepare, they were fine, right? It, it was all good. Klanerman got them boys right and it, it was all good. But yeah, I, it's just when you get down to your, your third string quarterback and then you lost, you lose your starting Mike linebacker, 
that's a tough one. You know, two, I mean, your, your quarterback on your defense, your quarterback on offense are out. And it's, that's not a good recipe, especially a team such as TCU that has just, just speed for days. Yeah. Yeah. Just the absolute worst combination possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other question I wanted to ask you about, Will Howard, we go back to that, is from an offensive lineman's perspective, you know, what's the value of a quarterback who's able to get the ball out so quickly? Thank you. He was really good about getting it out. Oh, it's it makes your job so much easier because, I mean, as an offensive lineman, you have sort of the shot clock in your head going off. Like, you don't give up block and be like, okay, the ball should be coming over my head sometime soon. And then it's like, once you see that, you're like, I'm done. And then it's like, you just got to hold your man up for one second it's a whole lot easier because on a long enough period of time, you're going to get beat as an offense lineman. It's going to happen because you don't know where they're at and the D linemen do. And so a longer period of time, they're going to get, they're going to get the set. It's only, it's win. Yeah. Hey, Nick, from a technique perspective, what does it change about the way that you set, you know, in pass protection? Like, does it change the way you set your feet? Does it change, you know, the way that you approach, you know, whoever you're going up against? If like, if they're getting rid of the ball quickly, yeah, if you're confident that your QB is going to get the ball out quick. Yeah, yeah. If so, if if you're getting it out quick, then then yeah, you're you're guarding or you're pass setting with an emphasis to not get beat to the inside. So if I'm the left guard and I'm setting out to my left for a three technique, I'm making sure not to overset them and open up that a gap more. I'm sort of letting them let I'm baiting them to kind of go to my outside. So rush, rush to yeah, my yeah. outside because I know. I just got to set. So, yeah. So if you know that, then, yeah, it, you just you, you do emphasize more. Don't get beat inside. Gotcha. Yeah, I was curious about that. Thanks. Yeah. But then every play is different. So, you know, like play action, you got to block for longer. You know, there are some five-step drops. There are three-step drops. You know, the based on the play call, like there are some times where you see, like if the quarterback holds it and he's getting sacked and you see like the tackle had like went for a cut block you knew that was a three-step drop and then that quarterback should have released it. So it's not on the tackle, it's on the quarterback. Yeah, as an aside, that's the thing that kind of fascinates me about following guys who uh, talk a lot on Twitter about that, like Mitch Schwartz and Jeff Schwartz, just because, you know, fans see a a D-end run by a tackle and they're like, oh, the tackle blew it. But, you know, a lot of times that's really not the case. There's something else that happened in that play that wasn't what the tackle was expecting or or the quarterback did something wrong or whatever. Yeah, like seven-step drop and the quarterback does nine or ten like Mahomes used to do with the drifting. <laughs> drift backwards and yards from the ball. And it's like the tackle's getting beat. You're like, yeah, because they just have to run – around him that's it it's, it's that <laughs> like like yeah the, the tackle shoved him 15 yards upfield like that should have been mm-hmm. five yards beyond mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should have been fine <laughs> exactly exactly should have been fine totally good yeah yeah it's a real thing yeah so let's uh i want to look ahead a little bit to the texas game first take a quick commercial break we're from our sponsors and we're back so you know texas is is now one of two big 12 teams that climate hasn't beaten yet you know, and obviously they're playing well. I would think that, you know, K-State's not going to overlook this team. I think the coaching staff is going to be able to get the guys ready. But, Nick, I mean, as a player, is there any sort of challenge to, to playing the week after you get, like, a, just a dominant win like this? Yeah, well, I think you have to you have to emphasize, you know, what could have happened and say that, hey, you know, they dropped some balls. Texas is not going to come in and, and drop many passes like that. Uh, you're not going to get any freebies. You know, Okie State, you know, they challenged our, our corners, you know, Brent and – 
boy Doe. They really challenged them, and I thought they withheld, and I thought that was really cool. They've always been some big physical corners. So I think Texas, the bummer part about when you beat someone down like this is now, now guess what? We've got Texas's full attention. Mm-hmm. And this is the same Texas team who in Austin, you know, hung with Alabama. Yeah. yeah. And I should have beat Alabama if you right. think about it. If, if they you, hadn't if, lost if, their quarterback, they probably yeah. won that game. Yeah, exactly. And then also the, the late sack that they missed too. So it's like, yeah, so this Texas team is good, man. So they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready for it. So, and this will be something where, you know, you got that mental block where it's like, man, I haven't beat this guy. So I think, I think this, this will be the year that, that K-State gets after Texas or climate that climate does, mm-hmm. right? especially at home too. It'll be, it's a, it's a real fun game. I don't know why game days are coming there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and Texas is coming off a bye. You know, like, you know, yeah. they've had plenty of time to get ready for this one. You would think they've had plenty of time to get their team focused on it. You'd surely think that as long as it's been since Texas has, you know, been in the race to win the Big 12, like, you would think that they're going to be locked and loaded. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I'm excited to have them come in and have, a you know, another high-stakes game like that in Manhattan. It'll be nice. It'll be a good one, too. Are you guys going to go? Uh, I'll be <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna be in Denver. I'm flying back from Denver on Saturday, so I'll yeah, be able to get. Ty, get to you're gonna game. be flying during the game, right? You got to get that flight yeah, change. Oh I boy, have to get the flight change. Holy <laughs> smoke! Why don't you just go walk nine real quick? <laughs> Man, I'd rather be out playing golf. I said no one ever. <laughs> I have golf like four times since pandemic. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, another thing I think we've talked about before, you know, you're from Texas and K-State obviously has a lot of guys from Texas on the roster. You know, do you think that there's, they're always amped for, for this one, you know, knowing that maybe Texas didn't recruit them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you have that fact that they may have recruited you or not or, or took some of the people or or you definitely went to high school or you played against people who, who were at Texas. And, you know, you always go down that roster and, and you look at the whole roster and you say, what high school is your names? And you always know guys who you played against or across town rivals or, you know, other guys who are getting recruited to. So, you know, there's people. Plus, with Twitter, I think it really, really kind of closes the community of college football. So yeah, it is, it's it's a big game, and especially if you're a Texas, it's like when we play Kansas. It's like you know you get hyped for all, all the people from Kansas, and so now it's like all right, let's beat Texas, and especially since they're leaving us too. So you want to want to send them <laughs> off with a bang, with a nice L. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I mean, one of those guys is Deuce Vaughn. Uh, you know, I mean, right Texas. right in the area from north of Austin, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and I mean the Texas defense has looked fairly vulnerable you expect us to have a big game i mean always i mean here here's the thing man now that we have this this fantastic passing attack then it's like man you're going to confuse texas and it's like what are you going to do it's like i mean i'm curious how texas is going to play it i really am like knowing where you truly have to respect this two weeks in a row you got to respect the pass you got to respect will howard and then it's like well how are you gonna fit deuce in there and They'll find a way. Colin Con will find a way. It's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of fun to see, you know, yeah, sort of a Tampa Bay and Kansas City matchup <laughs> where you, these dynamic offenses and there's going to be some great play calling, really good play calling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year, you know, KSA lost, but Deuce still had 144 yards rushing. So. That <laughs> was the only time I've been truly pissed at a K-State football team. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, uh, game was- that was bullshit. Straight up, that was. I mean, that two-minute drill that they were down by what three, and it looked like they were like, okay, whatever, we're just going to run this casually. I was so pissed. 
I was so pissed. <laughs> they didn't even try. They didn't even try it with the two. I was like, what are you doing here? And it's just like, and that's something I tell my kids, right? Like, don't give up. Don't quit on a play. Don't, you know, whatever. And there was no, they looked like they were just middle of the first quarter instead of, you know, trying to win a game down by three or whatever it was. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, the other side, there, there are still people who will say that B. John Robinson is a better running back than Deuce Vaughn. So, <laughs> interesting contest there. To, yeah, put Bijan, put Bijan behind this line. You know, I, I bet he could flourish as just as well as Deuce, but also Deuce brings something special. And man, it's like, who'd you rather have? And it's like, Deuce just because I'm purple, but Bijan's damn good too. Yeah, he is. He is. I, I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting because Quinn Ewers is a true freshman, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, nah, I mean, well, second year, yeah. second year, like, because he's at Ohio State last year, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, okay. So, hey, funny story. Because I'm from Grapevine. He's from South Lake <laughs> High School, right? He's from South Lake Carroll, and they're uh-huh. like literally the, the rich kids across the tracks. Oh, yeah. that, that's Chase uh-huh. Daniels High School, right? Yeah, Chase Daniels, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. And yep. then, yep. so he Quint skipped his senior year of high school, like skipped it, and went to Ohio State or something like that. So maybe oh, I don't right. know what the math is, but yeah, he was the one. He had that big NIL deal at Ohio State. And didn't like it there and went back to Texas. And then Arch Manning's yeah. coming in next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, you know, I mean, I'm obviously he played in Dallas, you know, in the Oklahoma game. But, you know, I mean, this is a true road game. I mean, you know that that place is going to be packed. You know, the fans are going to be amped. Like, you know, I don't, I, I doubt that he has played in as hostile of a crowd as he's going to see this weekend. So, if that can be a factor, I hope it's a factor. I think, I think it really can be. I mean, if, if you look at look at K State, I think it's underrated. Like I played with Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush, and they were like both were like, yeah, Manhattan's like one of the craziest loud places there, and Outson, where Oregon plays, so just right. these loud, loud stadiums. Yeah, and it's prime time under the lights. I mean, does that make a difference to anything? And then you got to sit in your hotel room all day and sweat this game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's going to be cool with the bill, man. You know what? I've got to figure out what I'm doing this weekend. I might want to go that game. That'd be fun. <laughs> that yeah, where, be fun. Are, the, are the Chiefs at home next week? Yeah, for? Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it was a true buy. I felt good at the buy and not have the Chiefs, or the Chiefs on a buy because it's like I barely watched any football tonight or today. <laughs> You're saying it's a hell of a game, though. Yeah, then they blanked. They blanked Vegas. Yeah, see, I, I didn't even watch. It. I just it. saw the score line. I know, right? Well, now I'm just sharing for every team that that'll help out help uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC West. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, and, and then I mean, it kind of feels like if Kansas State can win this, then the road to the you know nothing's ever guaranteed, but the road to the Big Twelve Championship looks fairly clear from there, right? Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I forget I, Baylor I, I, 2012, right? Come on. Yeah, I mean, we still have Baylor and Waco. I always worry about them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, like, you win this game, then you have the tiebreakers, and like, you can afford a loss after this. Really? Right. Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's true. I, I I admit I haven't looked at what the tiebreakers are like, but you know, I mean, if it ends up being everybody at two losses. You know, I, I mean, if it's us and Okie State and Texas at two losses and we beat both of them, then, yeah, it would be us. So, I mean, you still have a trip to Morgantown in there that, you know, you never know what's going to yeah. happen there. But, 
they've been struggling a little bit this season. And then I, I cannot imagine Kansas State losing to KU on senior day. I, I just can't. Don't say that. Why the fuck did you say that? Why did I know, you Luke, say that? Sorry. Why you're the making hell me, you you're making that? me nervous now, Luke. <laughs> are, are you trying to jinx it? No, honestly, like, okay, look, so, so you, you think, right, like the, like the top tier, top teams coming into this season, right, for Big 12 are like Texas and Oklahoma and TCU and Okie State, right? And I, so I get what you're saying, where you're paying like, you're playing like the lesser half after Texas, playing like the lesser half. But the Big 12 is the most cannibal conference ever. Yeah. Where it's like, it's like Pac 12 after dark. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> And there's so much good football played at the high school levels throughout the Midwest that it's like you're going to get so much good talent. So it's like you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it should be fun. It should be fun. Well, Nick, I, I don't know if we've got a chance to talk with you about, you know, what do you think of the future of the Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas? What do you think that conference is going to um, like? I mean, first of all, I, I still think it's bizarro that they're chasing money. Like the, the, those two schools can't chase the money. I can't tell if, if they're looking to – emulate AM success or if they're still playing you know big brother little brother to AM. like i don't i don't get it like i get oklahoma right but it's like i just don't get why you'd want to go to sec and just like get beat up all season it's essentially two teams right it's essentially georgia and, and alabama mm-hmm. you know and then everyone else is kind of like okay uh, they're so so maybe tennessee you know? if they wouldn't beat georgia this next saturday We'll see. Hey, listen, jury's jury's out still, you know, that if I mean, I mean, Alabama should have made that field goal late in the game to win that with Tennessee. Don't forget that. And then it's a we're talking about a different Tennessee team. So it's like, you know, we'll see if they can run the table and then go play at Bama again if they're in different conferences that are different divisions. But I don't know. I think I think it's silly. It's ruined hasn't really ruined college football but it's just like it's so silly. Like why are you getting these these power like these conferences? It, it reminds me of on recess, when you pick all the good players, when all the good people go on one team, <laughs> on recess, that, that's what it reminds me of. It's childish. It's very childish. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, I'll pick up on one of the things you said there. And I mean, has it ruined college football? I mean, no, in a sense, no. Everybody's still making lots of money and, you know, people are still watching the games. People are always going to watch the game. But I mean, I'm not going to say it's ruined college football for me, but I really like the old Big Eight, and I really like the original iteration of the Big Twelve. You know, I mean, that was a, there were a lot of fun games in there. You know, both North and South teams. And you know, I'm not saying that I, you know, I'm not hating on the the schools that we picked up. Like, you know, Houston is my law school alma mater, so you know, I sure don't mind having a chance to go down there and watch the Cats play in Houston. You know, but it just like Cincinnati, UCF, like. It's just not the same as the old Mizzou games and Nebraska games and, you know, all that. Like, it's just not the same for me. So maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe I'll just stop being a crybaby old man. But (laughs) Well, I mean, look at the old Southwest Conference. That's what I agree with, you know, where it was, you know, Oklahoma's, it was Arkansas. It was, you know, a lot of schools in Texas, Um, you know, so it's just different. You know, things change, and and I, I completely get that. But at the same time, it's like I always talk to people when, when we're talking about this. It's like, look at like the lesser funded sports, like let's say like water polo or volleyball. <laughs> you know, you're going to strain those athletic budgets by having them travel, you know, for, for like on a Tuesday night, they got to go like to West Virginia or they got to go over here. It's like I liked when it was like geographically 
whatever. You should almost do like here, here's your football conference and here's your, your other sports conferences and be more, more well, regional. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a terrible student athlete experience. Like I would, if I were a, you know, women's volleyball player playing for UCLA and suddenly I'm flying to Rutgers on a Wednesday night oh. to play a volleyball game, oh. like, are you freaking kidding me? That would yeah. suck. It would suck. So, I, yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm old enough now to have lived through three iterations of alignment, uh, you know, on the blog and, you know, in the college football online, you know, sphere. I wish that I had a dollar for every time I saw a Texas fan say, we will never go to the SEC. They cheat and they do all this <laughs> stuff. We're, we're too good for the SEC. And now they're going to the SEC. And I wonder if that was, a, it didn't seem like that was a, like a coach direct me. It seemed like, like from a high and up, like where I think oh, like yeah. Texas wanted to be identified with the best league. And then in fact, they're getting, they're getting worked by KU every year. So that's why they wanted to get out. <laughs> Well, and I think there's that element of they're scared of, you know, what if the SEC and the, the Big Ten break into this bigger league and, and we're not a part of that, you know. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I can but, see that. Uh, that makes Yeah, but I mean, I see that. I agree. But I'm also like, you know what, for better or for worse, you are the biggest individual brand in college sports. Like, you think that they won't pick you up and take you with them if that happens? Mm -hmm. I know, right? Well, and that's the bum part. They'll always have, like, this rich blue blood tradition that you know k-state can't have until like 20 30 years from now and i think that sucks you know i think that really sucks yeah. that they have that we can't get that it just takes time yeah yeah just takes time so what do you yeah. guys think i mean the new teams you think they're gonna be competitive right away or are they gonna struggle facing tough teams you know every single week no, I love the Houston one the best. I love the Houston one just because there's so many athletes in that area. Uh, someone I was talking to someone, they're like, "Who has, uh, who's who's a better high school?" And they're like, "You know, what part of Texas?" And it's usually, you know, it's Dallas, it's Austin or, or Houston. And it's like uh, Houston has so many sick athletes. And if you could just stay in a Houston metro area and recruit, you know, you're gonna do well. Plus, you know, you've got uh, oh, what's his face putting money behind Tillman for Tina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he's he's pouring money into that program, so I love it. And then Cincinnati, they're on the rise, right? They just made the flipping playoffs. Yeah, so tough you know, loss Travis, yesterday, uh, UCF, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. UCF too. You know, three hot teams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I lived in Houston for three years. I went to a, a couple of high school games when I was there, and every single one of the games that I went to, it's like. Oh yeah, that quarterback's going to Texas Tech, and that wide receiver's going to TCU, <laughs> and that defensive back's going to you know, like there there were a minimum of three or four Power Five players on the field every night, you know, and it showed. You know, you saw some really high level football. So yeah, I mean, like, you know, I don't think Cincinnati's going to have too much trouble. I think BYU is going to be pretty tough coming in. You know, I think Houston's going to be fine. It'll be interesting to see what UCF has. You know, they've been a little bit kind of up and down over the years, but I mean, yeah. Florida's what got about, plenty of talent. So I mean, you think about the teams like UCF and BYU. You wonder if they'll struggle, like like West Virginia has struggled a little bit, just because of the travel for them will be a lot more significant. I mean, you think that 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 could be an issue? It could be. It could be. Well, I think it's just coaching and who you get. Right? Didn't Scott Frost and wouldn't he come from UCF? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, it just takes a coach and then getting some right players. And, and you see, look how dominant UCF was, right? It's the same concept as Houston, right? When um, – uh, who was the tech – Herman, Tom Herman was at Houston. 
And right. man, you should have stayed at Houston, buddy, man. You'd have had to make <laughs> change. I, I always tell people, I'm like, man, dude, like, don't, don't try to be chasing the big, big Texas or Oklahoma or them SEC dollars, man. Build a program from nothing and just maintain it that way. And you can be damn Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson recruited me in high school, for Christ's sakes. You know, it's like, I mean, you can be somewhere forever. You just got fired last year. Man, yep. that's something about that, man. It's something about that. Well, you know, it's like... Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, and, that, and that's a that's a really good point. And I've, I've made the, a similar point, but kind of from the other side. Like, if you're a Power 5 team, I think you have to be a little bit careful about hiring a coach from a Houston or a UCF. Because when those schools are in the AAC, just by where they're located, they have a natural talent advantage over almost every program in that conference. You know, mm-hmm. like Houston and Central Florida are almost always going to have better athletes. Now, whether you can coach them into a, you know, a coherent product on the field is a question mark, but it's a lot easier job than it is to, you know, take whatever it is that you know about coaching and go to Nebraska in the Big Ten West, which I'm not saying the Big Ten West is like, you know, the toughest conference in football, or the toughest <laughs> division in football. But still, you know, Iowa's tough, Wisconsin's tough, Minnesota's pretty tough. You know, and all of a sudden, Illinois is uh, either either yeah, that no either that division really sucks this year, or Illinois is suddenly pretty <laughs> good too. Like I don't know, but you know, but the point is, like you don't have a significant talent advantage over everybody else that you're playing anymore. So it comes down to more like what you can do and what you know as a coach. And I mean, you're right, man. Like you know, if you want to win a lot of games and make a lot of money and you know have people think that you're God, like. Coach at Houston, coach at UCF in the AAC, man, you're gonna you're gonna win a lot of games there. Yeah, it is. Well, and I, I love how all all these schools, all the four that are joining, have been hot recently. You know, minus BYU, but I think the advantage for BYU is to get like 24 year olds to play on your mission trip, right? <laughs> yeah, That's gotta I mean, be an advantage I, right know, there. Well, yeah, I mean. You know, I, I made the comment earlier about how, you know, I, I really like the old Big 8 and the Big 12. I can say confidently that I will enjoy hating BYU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see you're not a Latter-day Saint member, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> what, a, what a fun thing, though, man. I just remember uh, I lived in Phoenix, and it's surprisingly Phoenix is the largest population of LDS, Latter-day Saints, what they call Mormons, outside of Utah. And we had so many missionaries always come through on their bikes, you know, wearing the uh, the, the white button up with the black slacks, you know, in the middle of the heat. I'm like, man, I feel sorry. Here you go. Here's some water, fellas. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'd I, offer you a drink, but you would turn it down. It'd be rude on my part. Uh, I'll always no, hate BYU really just because the, the first K-State Bowl game I ever went to was the 1997 Cotton Bowl. I was nine years old. Oh, wow. And, you know, when K-State played BYU and they had the game in the bag and, until Chris Canty got hurt. And BYU was smart enough to, you know, go to the backup corner and, and scored 14 points late and beat Kansas State in that game. And I, I don't know if I could ever forgive them for that. Well, that's good enough reason, Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> All right, so we're getting towards the end here. And, you know, this is normally where we'd have the guests from talking about the other team make predictions but you guys want to go ahead and uh, you know give us a forecast for saturday i don't know i i feel really good about this one i mean i I know texas is super talented and you know they're playing a lot better this year and all that but you know this k-state team is 
you know, they've got so many veterans, you know, they've got, they're playing with confidence. You know, I just, they're playing at home and I just know that crowd's going to be crazy this weekend. Cause you know, it's been a while since we've been in contention. So, you know, I feel like, I mean, it's going to be tough. I think it'll be a, you know, a one score, you know, somewhere in the one score to 10 point game, but I think the cats get it done at home. What's the score? What's your prediction? <laughs> Let's go 31-24, Cavs. <laughs> well, I've got 35-24. I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, I think Texas will be ready for this game. I think they're going to be amped up. I think it'll be juiced. You know, so it's like now here's the cool thing. You know, I, I love social media because I see Kleiman. I love Kleiman's speech after the game. Yeah. It's like, you know, stay focused. Here's the next step. Keep your feet uh, yes. on the ground, right? That was yeah, the big thing. It's, yeah, it's like, man, don't don't look ahead. Don't 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 start reading your own headlines, right? You know, don't change up how we do things. Here's how we do things, and, and let's get this W. You know, it's like, well, we got to win the dang day first, and that means you got to win Monday <laughs> and win Tuesday, you know, and so forth. So yeah, and I just like that. You know, another home game versus Texas. You know, I really like that. Really looking yeah. forward to this. Yeah, thirty-five, twenty-four, cats. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, it should be fun. Well, Nick, thanks as always for joining us. We know people can follow you on Twitter, Mr. Leckie. Uh, and where can they find your In the Trenches podcast? Do you want to hear about the Chiefs? Um, oh, anywhere you do podcasts. Okay. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Click on the link on my on the Twitter bio. <laughs> <Maybe>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> anything else that you want to promote or anything? No, man. No, man. Stay safe out there. It's becoming the favorite holiday of the season is Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> You know, I just love it's football and drinking and sleeping and eating. So it's like, you know, it's like, it's fantastic. I love it. And sweatpants. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.